drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. Congratulations. The weekend is over. You can get back to it. God is so very good. Praise be to God. Hopefully your weekend went really well. Uh, I feel like I accomplished a lot over the weekend. felt like it was just jam-packed, and uh, it's kind of good to be back in the saddle and hopefully at a slight easier pace. Maybe. Who knows? But uh, we have a great show lined up for you today. Do you have kids that are preparing to go to college? Are your children almost ready to go off to college for the first time, departing the house maybe? Are they going to go to a uh, you know a big university? Are they going to go to a small school? Are they going to go to Catholic school? I wonder. We're going to have that conversation today. Dr. Theodore Rebard, he is a professor of philosophy at the University of St. Thomas. Today we're going to be talking about how parents could help their kids better discern whether they should even go to college at all, and if so, how to pick a college that might be best for them. That's the conversation today in our guest uh, conversation coming up at about 35 past the hour. Of course, there's lots of topics in the What's Concerning Us section. We all have heard, if you haven't heard, I'll I'll get you up to date. The U.S. bishops have voted 75% approval, which is very surprising, actually. Approval rate on a draft document, a conversation document. That's all we're talking about here is a document to guide conversation in the fall on whether or not we should be providing communion to uh, to politicians, Catholic, who support abortion and other intrinsic evils. So that's going to be on the What's Concerning Us, as well as there is, I think, scary news about Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris raising money to update the interior. That ought to scare you, I think, or give you some pause. We'll conversate about that, plus some shocking violence out of New York City. Crime on the rise in New York City. So lots to conversate about in the What's Concerning Us. Of course, the team is here. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Anything fun over the weekend? Yes, yes. Lots of crawfish yesterday. I crawfish. just do that. Mud bugs. Mud bugs. You, you like bugs. That's kind of a thing, Well, huh? mm, mm, only if mm. they come from the sea. <laughs> <laughs> they, but they don't. They're, they're, uh, be honest. They're tiny oh, lobsters, okay. right? No, they're true. just tiny lobsters. Uh, that's all I really actually is. don't like lobsters. But that's, that's all they are is tiny lobsters. Well, uh, I guess the tininess is appealing. I mean, lobsters are good, but they're just tiny lobsters that hang out <laughs> in mud. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of hanging out in the mud? I, was, I, was that out loud? <laughs> don't be I'm supposed to work on the interior voice. Okay, Sorry. wonderful, Sorry. wonderful. Any, anything fun over the weekend? Absolutely. Saturday, we had my, my little sister and my older sister's graduation parties together. So she graduated with wow. her master's and my little sister graduated high school. So praise be to God. And my, um, and then on Sunday we had Father's Day. So my father and my grandfather and my uncle came over. We uh, grilled, uh, hot dogs and, and hamburgers. And then we went to the movies and watched, uh, Mighty Mites. What? Uh, which is an excellent movie. So that was great. Mighty Mites? Yes. I've never even heard of it. What? It's a yeah. football movie. It's about, you is know, it? Texas football. It's interesting yeah. you should say that. I watched the greatest college football movie of all time this ever. Is about, uh, like Little League football. Uh, well, mine isn't. Mine's about the movie I watched was about a college football team, but it's the greatest football, call it college football movie ever, ever, ever. Guess what it was? Is it called Twelve Mighty Orphans? No, no. <laughs> Adrian, any guesses? 
about university football. I don't know. Greatest film of all time, university football. Um, If you say Blindside, that's not, that can't be it. Definitely not it. it. Um, I don't know. What is it? Rudy? Rudy, of course. There we go, Rudy. What is it? I knew it. Of course it's Rudy. Got it. Touchdown Jesus, right there. Talk, today we're going to be talking about uh, colleges, discerning colleges, and we watched, uh, as a family, Rudy on Filter. Thank you, VidAngel, for allowing me to filter out the junk. Uh, but we watched Rudy, and uh, what a, I hadn't watched that film in, I don't know, 25 years maybe? I mean, forever. And the, determine, the sheer willpower and determination of somebody who has a goal in mind and would uh, pu- push themselves to the nth level to uh, achieve that goal. It was very inspirational. Provided you can filter out the junk of the movie. But anyway, Rudy, good film. All right, we have a lot to jump into and get to today. We're going to do the breaking news and stories with Janelle, of course. And then we have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and a reflection. Thank you to verboom.com forward slash GRN. And then we will jump into a What's Concerning Us in 35 Past the Hour. Uh, Dr. Theodore Rebard, university professor on philosophy, is going to be on to conversate about whether or not kids should even go to college at all, and if so, where should they go and how to discern that? That's the conversation. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today, Bishop Steika slams Father Altman, saying in a tweet that the faithful priest has lost his way. Brazil passes half a million COVID-19 deaths. Experts warn of worse ahead. Organizers cap Tokyo 2020 spectators at 10,000 per venue. LifeSite says, breaking news, U.S. bishops vote to draft document on Eucharist, address worthiness to receive communion. The U.S. Bishops' Conference voted 168 to 55 to move forward with the drafting of a formal statement on the Eucharist. The document will address church teaching on worthiness to receive Holy Communion and thus directly affect the reception of the Eucharist by pro-abortion Catholic politicians. The proposal for a document on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the Church was initiated at the request of Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, in part as a response to what Bishop Liam Carey called in an unprecedented situation in the country. That is the circumstance of a self-professed Catholic president who is opposed to the teaching of the church, particularly the teaching in the grave intrinsic evil of abortion. Bishop Kevin C. Rhodes, chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops Doctrine Committee, explained in a pre-recorded address to his fellow bishops that the document would address the fundamental truths we believe about the Eucharist, including the real presence and its sacrificial character. It will also focus on the need to celebrate the sacrament with reverence and beauty, and a third section would express how the participation in the Eucharist compels us to conversion. A subset of this third part of the document would address Eucharistic consistency, referring to the need for Catholics to receive our Lord in Holy Communion only in the state of grace. The outline for the document has sparked controversy among some Catholic clergy and laymen because of the worries that, in the words of Cardinal Supich, there is an expectation that we deny communion to the President, to Speaker Pelosi, and to other people that are being named. 
Despite a lively streak of opposition to the drafting of the document and particularly to its planned reference to the church teaching and worthiness to receive Holy Communion, the bishop's debate on the issue revealed that the proposal has strong support. From Asia News, military sees seven priests torch a village in Myanmar. The Myanmar armed forces continued to commit acts of violence against the Catholic Church and civilians. Yesterday, a Catholic priest was kidnapped, interrogated for 11 hours, and then released. Michael Ong Ling, parish priest in Hakka Parish, was suspected of supporting resistance forces in Kampalet, a town in Chin State. He was let go only after signing a document declaring his commitment not to support groups or movements that oppose the military. The same fate befell yesterday six priests and another person who were adopted from a village in Mandalay because they were accused of helping young rebels. On Tuesday evening, the military set fire to Kinma, a village in Magwe, a region in central Myanmar, killing at least two elderly people trapped in their homes. Myanmar's state TV blames terrorists for the fire, claiming that media reporting a different version of the incident were deliberately plotting to discredit the military. According to residents, soldiers set the village on fire after clashes with forces opposing the military junta. More than 200 homes were reduced to ashes, while only 30 were left standing. Most of the population took refuge in the forest to escape the violence. Days later, junta forces had raided villages in the Tabian area and opened fire on civilians after cutting the power supply. According to the Irrawaddy, soldiers perhaps sought to take revenge for killing of the killing of an informant's daughter. And those are your headline news for this morning, June 21st. God love you. The saint of the day is going to be very difficult because it's going to be a lot of Spanish words. Uh, but it is Saint Jose Isabel Flores Varela. He was born on the 28th of November, 1866 in Teul, Zacatecas, Mexico. He was a seminarian at Guadalajara, Mexico, and was a parish priest in Zapatolenejo, Zapatolenejo, Jalisco, Mexico in 1900. Strong and gentle father to his flock, he refused to abandon his parish during the persecution of the church by the government. He went into hiding and ministered co- uh, covertly to his parishioners. The mayor of the city, Jose Orizoco, was vehemently anti-Catholic and offered a reward for the capture of any priest. Father Jose was betrayed for this reward and arrested. His Judas was Nomiesio Bermejo, an ex-seminarian who lived with Flores. Flores was offered his freedom if he would accept the anti-church Calles government. He declined. Orozco turned the, the Zapotelenjo rectory into a jail, threw Flores into it, gave him food and gave him no food or water for three days, and played loud music outside the jail so he could not sleep, and repeatedly offered him freedom in exchange for his cooperation. Father Jose declined. On the night he died, Jose was taken to a nearby cemetery and tortured by being repeatedly hanged in a tree, but being lowered before he died. One of the soldiers who had been baptized by Father Flores refused to participate in the torture. The others shot him. They then took the Padre's few possessions and murdered him. The squad tried to shoot him, but their guns would not fire. The troop's commander, Anastasio Valdivia, cut Flores' throat, and he was a martyr. God knows I am here. This is his will for me, said St. Jose from his prison cell. 
He died by getting his throat cut, slit between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. on the 21st of June, 1927, in a cemetery near Jalisco, Mexico, and was canonized on the 21st of May in the year 2000 by Pope John Paul II during the Jubilee year of Mexico. St. Jose Isabel Flores Varela, pray for us. Praise be to God. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Jesus said to his disciples, Stop judging that you may not be judged. For as you judge, so will you be judged. And the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove that splinter from your eye, while the wooden beam is in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to thank Verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring their Gospel Reflection today, allowing us to dive deep into the early church fathers and their commentaries on what the Gospel tells us today. Of course, there's two sections to this according to the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible. Number one, uh, we are being told that uh, judging others' faults is something we shouldn't be doing. But number two, we are also being told how to properly discern the exercise of critical judgment of others. It's kind of both and. There's not a, you know, you can never judge, you should never judge rule going on here. In fact, I mean, look at the very fact that judges have to judge. Many people in life have to judge. Our Lord has said himself, by the fruits they will, you will know them, right? St. Gregory the Great said, God measures as we measure, and pardons as we pardon, and shows mercy as we show mercy. And we should be reminded that it will be God who judges us, which reminds us that we lack the precision, the divine precision of truly coming to a good judgment of the actions of others. St. Augustine said, try to acquire those virtues which you think your brothers lack, and you will no longer see their defects because you will not have them yourself. Uh, St. Jerome would go on to say, Christ does not altogether forbid judging, but directs us how to judge. And then let me leave you with this one, St. Chrysostom. Correct your brother, not as an enemy, taking revenge, but as a physician, administering appropriate remedies, assisting him with prudent counsels, and strengthening him in the love of God. Judge not, least ye be judged. And when you do have to judge, judge correctly according to intent. We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. 
Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up in, I don't know, 20 minutes or so at 35 past the hour, we're going to be talking with Dr. Rebard. He is a professor of philosophy at the University of St. Thomas. We're going to have a conversation about uh, helping parents discern uh, with their children uh, college. Should they go to college at all? I think that's the first question. And then if they have to, where should they go? And how do they make those determinations? What considerations ought they to be thinking about? A lot of parents this time of year are trying to get their kids ready to go off to school. Have you discerned well? We're going to conversate about that coming up in the guest segment. There is a lot to talk about in the What's Concerning Us segment. I was horrified this morning uh, now, I yesterday was Father's Day, it was Sunday, I was doing a bunch of other stuff. I didn't pay any attention to the news. I come in this morning and I see this shocking, insane, as a father, I was so disgusted by the video. A violence on the city streets of New York is going out of, it's like a spike that you've never seen before. Probably since, I don't know, the, the 90s when there was another massive crime spike. I mean, defunding the police doesn't help, right? But there is video of some, of a, of a shooting, and children are in the vicinity. I mean, like, right there. It is disturbing. And it is... Here's another headline. District attorney dropped most looting cases from last year's riots in New York City, leaving business owners disgusted. This is a, a just a, a litmus test. This is a, uh, a sampling of the trouble New York City is in. They have, they have embraced these, these policies that is going to lead to the downfall of a great city in America, let alone the world. Violence on the rise. Uh, local businesses can't stay, can't remain in business. Look at what's going on in places like Chicago or San Francisco when they are not even prosecuting petty crime and people are walking into stores and just stealing right off the shelf and nobody's going to get in trouble for it. Stores are shuttering and not coming back. They're just boarding up. They can't deal with it. And then violence on the streets. It's It's rather disturbing to say the least. Here's another article that should uh, frighten you a little bit. Uh, this is out of Aladia. Notre Dame asks for more donations to modernize interior. <laughs> Let that sink in. We're talking uh, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. We, of course, all remember the iconic uh, imagery, videos, pictures uh, from a few years ago of the ceiling on fire and collapsing. I mean, it was like heartbreaking to watch. This is Notre Dame for crying out loud. The only silver lining in that whole situation was seeing the young people on their knees watching this and praying again, maybe for the first time and for, for a long time. France, as we've talked about, I don't know, last couple of weeks, we, uh, we had some folks on to talk about what's going on in France. France is not in a good way. The eldest daughter of the church, it needs our prayers and our sacrifices. This article says the Archdiocese of Paris is asking for more funds to help bring much-needed updates to Notre Dame. 
The campaign is seeking between five to six million euros to help modernize the interior. Modernize the interior. Is modernization a good thing? I don't know. Depends on what we're talking about. Are we talking about modernizing the sprinkler system because we don't want fires? Well, praise be to God. Let's modernize. Are we talking about updating the architecture to move into some uh, man-centric philosophical uh, aspect of worship? Well, I think we ought to have pause and concern about that. There's a reason why when you walk into places like Notre Dame or how about this, St. Peter's Basilica. I remember 2005, December, I got to go to Rome. It was a miracle that I got to go there at all. And the first thing that I wanted to see was St. Peter's Basilica. As soon as we got to the hotel, I took my son and we ran as fast as we could to the square just to see it with our own eyes, to behold this beautiful, massive structure. And when you go inside and you realize that the holy water font is about three and a half feet wide, and you look up, and the letters that uh, that surround the building, they go around the edge of the, of the top of the roof, is a 10 feet tall letters. And everything you look at is in epic proportion to raise your eyes towards, the, towards heaven and to realize the divine. You realize that there's a purpose to this space. There's, a, there's an intent to all of this grandeur. And then when you walk into a modern church, and you realize that that becomes more man-focused than God-focused, these are problems. And we're losing this. And it's time that we say, no, this far and no further. So that is a very concerning story. Let's pray for Notre Dame. But I think one of the breaking stories over the weekend was, and I'm surprised by this, and these are uh, two articles out of LifeSite News. This one says, breaking, U.S. bishops vote to draft Doc on Eucharist, address worthiness to receive communion. The document says uh, the U.S. Bishops Conference voted 168 to 55 to move forward with the drafting of a formal statement on the Eucharist. That's like 75%. I'm very surprised by that. The document will address church teaching on worthiness to receive Holy Communion and thus directly affect the reception of the Eucharist by pro-abortion Catholic politicians. The proposal for a document on the meaning of the Eucharist in the life of the Church was initiated at the request of Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles, in part as a response to what Bishop Liam Carey called an unprecedented situation in the country, that is, the circumstance of a self-professed Catholic president who, quote, is opposed to the teaching of the church, unquote, particularly the teaching on the grave intrinsic evil of abortion. They are, I'll let, we'll link to it. You can read the whole article for yourself. There's another one real quick. I'll mention it before we conversate here. Say, also, LifeSite News. Headline goes, Some U.S. bishops warn proposed Eucharistic document, communion ban for abortion supporters, does not reflect the gospel. Uh, a little bit of this, it says several U.S. cardinals and bishops have styled a proposed document on the Catholic Church's teaching on the Eucharist and its administration to those in grave sin as, quote, weaponization, unquote, and a political tool, with many stating that denying the Eucharist to pro-abortion politicians would be losing sight of the gospel. Now, we can all imagine the bishops who probably hold it to this position, uh, Cardinal Tobin, Supich, etc., etc. I mean, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, there's like six U.S. cardinals. Five, five did not want this document. Um, thankfully, uh, Cardinal Donardo did not sign the request uh, to try to uh, stop the USCCB from um, 
from pr- moving forward on this document. But this is a very concerning story, uh, Adrian. I know over the weekend there was a lot of Twitter dust up over this as well. Oh, yes, big time. And it was – the first thing I want to point out is there's been a lot of talk. Everybody's, like, excited. They're saying, oh, my goodness, the uh, the bishops, look, they're most of them are good. And um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Maybe I'm just cynical. Maybe I'm just jaded. But – the vote was on whether or not they should talk about it. I know. They just voted yes <laughs> to say, we should talk about this. The fact that they actually had to put up a vote to vote on whether or not they can talk about it is quite absurd to me to begin with. And not to mention the fact that any bishop has authority on his own diocese and right. could forbid anyone he wants from receiving communion uh, in his own diocese. He doesn't need approval from the USCCB. So that's, I just want to say that right off the bat because people are getting their hopes up and they're getting excited and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's my perspective. Maybe I'm jaded, maybe I'm just cynical, but that's kind of where I'm at. But on Twitter, we had several senators, several famous uh, Catholics that were coming out of the woodwork. Most notably that I was interacting with on Twitter was... Senator Ted Lieu, he is uh, the senator uh, out of, um, I believe, uh, I'm forgetting where he is a senator of, but he was saying he was a Catholic. He's like, I'm Catholic. Uh, and you know what? I don't believe in all this stuff. I don't believe in, uh, and I believe in gay marriage. I think that's totally fine. And uh, you know what? You can't forbid me from receiving communion. He said, uh, he said, do you going to deny communion to Catholics, Olympic organizers for handing out condoms? I'm like, yes. Yes, we should. <laughs> and he's like, uh, should we ban people from communion for uh, getting for from having a divorce? I'm like, if it's a public matter and it's a public scandal, yes, yes, you should. Um, and so it, it's quite it's quite absurd. And then he conflates the issue of the death penalty. He's saying, well, Republicans are supporting the death penalty, and therefore they should be banned. And the point that needs to be made is, well, one is killing of innocent person. Whenever people say they're pro life, yes, it implies a lot of other things, but primarily primarily we are referring to being anti-abortion we are being anti we're supporting the life of innocent persons that's well, the difference it comes down to natural law right natural law applies to all human beings across the planet irregardless of where they're born and the creed that they seem to profess why because these these laws are always uh, true irregardless like gravity as much as i wish gravity wasn't an actual thing uh thus uh old age would not be so bad it is in fact a thing whether i like it or not i could jump off the building and and, and deny gr- gravity and i would come to the realization that gravity is real at the moment of impact so these uh natural laws are the basis for which we would say that all human beings must adhere to these things not just the catholics and the things we profess as catholics so natural law incorporates the like the dignity of the human life and you can separate the death penalty out from the from an abortion because not in every case is someone who was put to death by the state uh, an evil there are cases where it, be, it uh, does in fact become the only means by which to protect society and uh, and mercy and justice are they go hand in glove so to speak and I think a lot of people forget this they they want to equate all things as though they are equal and it doesn't take a rocket scientist or someone with a, a PhD in philosophy even to come to the reality that not all things are equal as a as a marine I was taught how to uh, how to l- l- assess wounds on the combat field and if someone were to be shot in the chest but they fell and broke their arm i don't start with the broken arm 
I start with this, the, the, the chest wound, right? Because that's the most life-threatening. The same principle is applied when it comes to these issues. Uh, if, if you feel like the death penalty is a major concern or even the environment is a major concern, and yet we're still slaughtering the unborn innocent a million plus every single year. That's just the ones they report, by the way. Mm-hmm. And my, my pastor was issues. actually making this point in his homily today, he, or yesterday rather, he was saying, you know, we've created this green communist movement where we are raising animals to be a higher good than human life. We're spending thousands and thousands, millions of dollars on save the baby seals, yet how much money are we spending to save the babies, humans? And he was making the point, he's like, when I travel, I see that there are places where I can pay my indulgence fee to offset my carbon footprint. Right. And we have this secular <laughs> idea of indulgences right there in carbon footprints. And we've uh, completely... Wait, are, you, are you saying you don't... You don't- you don't pay that? No, typically I don't. I'm not a huge fan. Are you of, suggesting uh, I shouldn't either? You know, I I rather get my indulgences um, from the church. I'm, yeah, I'm my, writing, that's where I prefer that to get mine at. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, and excluding the whole death penalty issue from America, I mean, it's just true to say we've had death penalty in the church for thousands of years, and so just that alone, you can't say it's intrinsically well, evil, the like other, like murdering innocent babies. Let's not also forget the public nature of this, which is also what's driving this. If a person has committed some uh, some sin or whatever there's lots of scandal in their in their private life that is private and if they're dealing with that uh, uh, properly through their confessor and the church or what have you that's private and ought to remain private that's a different scenario than politicians on the main stage publicly professing their anti-catholic bias uh, uh, against this teaching uh, this intrinsic uh, these issues with intrinsic evil these issues with the natural law that they are contradicting that's a public scandal it requires a different method of handling it and if we continue to give these people communion it's as if we are endorsing their public opinions that is a scandal being perpetuated on a grand scale and of course we would like our bishops to deal with that courageously and prayerfully that will happen we'll have to keep you up to date all right we're gonna go to a break we're gonna come back with breaking news and our guest segment on college This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. 
Canada's federal court rules mandatory quarantine hotels are constitutional. Iran's sole nuclear power plant undergoes emergency shutdown. Why Illinois farmers sue over race-based farm loan relief program. Celebrity music video promoting COVID-19 vaccine idolizes Fauci. Bitcoin slumps in wake of China crackdown. Colorado governor signs bill allowing cities to set their own gun control laws. Baja California legislature inserts same-sex marriage into state constitution. And five killed in school construction site collapse in Belgium. Reported by The Hill, American Airlines canceling hundreds of flights through mid-July. American Airlines is canceling hundreds of flights for at least the next few weeks as a combination of factors threaten regular business operation. A heavy uptick in travel, labor shortages, and weather are contributing to the cancellations, expected to last until mid-July at the earliest. The cancellations will be focused in areas with bigger airports where travel plans can be more easily adjusted by the airline. People flying American Airlines through July 15th, whose flights are affected, will be notified ahead of time. On Saturday, the airline canceled 120 flights, and travelers can expect 50 to 80 canceled flights a day until conditions approve. Epic Times reports officials say deadly pride parade crash was not intentional. A member of a men's chorus group unintentionally slammed into a fellow chorists at the start of a gay pride parade in South Florida killing one member of the group and seriously injuring another. The group's director said on Sunday, clarifying initial speculation that it was a hate crime directed at the gay community. Wilton Manor's Vice Mayor Paul Rorley and Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trentalis said the early investigation shows it was an accident. The 77-year-old driver was taken into custody, but police said no charges had been filed and the investigation is ongoing. The elderly driver had ailments that prevented him from walking, according to a statement Sunday from Fort Lauderdale Police, who said he was cooperating with the investigation and there was no evidence of drugs or alcohol was, invo was involved. The driver and the victims were part of a Fort Lauderdale gay men's chorus family, a small 25-member group of mostly older men. Rolly was on a float in front of the chorus truck along with Fort Lauderdale Mayor Dean Trentalis and other city officials at a staging area where the floats were being readied. Gentralis said the driver of a pickup truck suddenly accelerated when he was told he was next in the parade, crashing into the victims. The driver continued across all lanes of traffic, ultimately crashing into a fence on the other side of the street. Rolly was on the other side of the float and didn't witness the crash, but jumped off immediately and ran to the victims. In the confusion, it was unclear what happened. Fort Lauderdale police said no arrests have been made, saying they are conducting a thorough investigation with the FBI, noting in a statement that they are considering and evaluating all possibilities. From LifeSite News, death rate from variant COVID virus six times higher for vaccinated than unvaccinated, UK health data shows. The death rate from the Delta COVID variant is six times higher among those who are fully vaccinated for two weeks or longer than among those who had never received a shot, according to data published by Public Health England on Friday. 26 people died among 4,086 who were fully vaccinated 14 days or more before testing po positive for the Delta COVID variant. This equates to a death rate of 0.00636%, which is 6.6 .6 times higher than the rate of 0.000957 deaths, or 34 deaths among 35,521 positive Delta cases among the unvaccinated. 
Both death rates among the unvaccinated and vaccinated are exceedingly low, less than 1% of all positive tests for a variant that the Public Health of England describes as the dominant variant in the UK, comprising 91% of sequenced cases. A risk assessment of the Delta variant of the pandemic coronavirus published Friday describes it as being more readily spread between people, but that it also is described as a variant with low infection severity. Mainstream media have latched onto the possibility that the Delta variant is producing higher hospitalization rates in parts of Scotland and England than the first wave of the Alpha variant. But according to the UK Public Health Report, these data are particularly based on early evidence and limited understanding of the clinical course of the disease. I'm Janelle Lay, and those are your headline news for this morning. God love you, and have a good Monday. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up today. Joining us in the studio right now is Dr. Theodore Rebart. He is a professor of philosophy at the University of St. Thomas, which happens to be one of the schools listed on Newman's Guide over at the Cardinal Newman Society, um, which, by the way, I'm surprised uh, how few schools are actually listed there on that list. But uh, good morning to you, Dr. Rebart. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Many parents at this time of year are getting ready to move their kids out, and they're giving God praise that they're going to be, you know, one less child in the home, and they get to go, I don't know, skydiving, shark diving, whatever it is empty nesters do. I have no idea. But uh, uh, but I, I think this is a conversation that's good to have. Number one, I want to start with, should every kid go to school? I think there's a pressure in society that every kid's got to go to school or they're not worth anything. What would you say as a professor at a university? <clears throat> The answer is emphatically, emphatically no. Before ever thinking about college as such, parents have to think about whether college at all. I wrote a piece, um, uh, maybe it was about a year ago. Uh, you might be familiar, some of the audience might be familiar with uh, an online publication called Those Catholic Men. Mm. And I, uh, I think Jason Craig uh, of Certain Spade magazine uh, is the force behind it. Uh, and uh, the question that he asked me to take up uh, there was alternatives or why not go to college. And you might be able to look up that article on those Catholic men or via Certain Spade and Jason Craig where I uh, develop a number of reasons why not to go to college. But isn't it true that unless you get the degree, you're not worth anything in life, you never make any money, and you never amount to much? No, this is altogether, altogether false, and there's so much, the, there's so much evidence. Uh, it's, the, the evidence is more than ample mm -hmm. that uh, a college degree is, number one, in no way a, a measure of success of any kind. Mm. Not even financial or professional uh, or in terms of status. And it's certainly not a guarantee of knowledge or understanding or of personal excellence. It's none of those things. Uh, Dr. Ted Rebart is our guest. Uh, he's a professor of philosophy at UST. I want to keep it in the philosophical realm this first segment. In the next segment, I want to get a little bit more practical. But uh, what should parents do to help discern whether or not their kid ought to go to college at all? Well, I suppose one thing is <clears throat> intellectual capacity. Not everyone, and this is simply a matter of fact, not all people are intellectually equal. 
I believe it was uh, the famous American sociologist uh, Charles Murray, mm-hmm. who about 15 years ago made this, and he refers to this as an astonishing truth, <laughs> uh, in, a, in a book that he wrote. Mm-hmm. And his point, and he certainly had tongue firmly in cheek, his point was <laughs> people are not intellectually equal, and that's manifest, but there is a great effort to deny that. So the first issue is capacity, and how is that evaluated? Well, partly through high school performance, partly through uh, extracurricular interests. Uh, there are a variety of ways I couldn't list them out. Secondly, there is a question of desire. Not everyone who is capable of a university degree, say in liberal arts, uh, is necessarily therefore mm-hmm. uh, someone who ought to move in that direction. Every single one of us knows that we do have talents to which we do not have a drive, and we have to let those sit aside in our lives. This is part of the matter of discerning vocation. So those two things are certainly very, very important. Uh, What about, you know, as a parent, I always thought, you know, our job is to help our kids discern God's one thing for their life. Mm -hmm. God has one thing designed for every human being on planet Earth, Mm -hmm. and it's up to us to try to discern and pray and ask God, what is that one thing? And maybe it's the call to marriage. And if they're called to marriage, okay, as a husband, as a father, what, it, what how do I provide for that family? And then what do I need to do to um, figure out what school, what, what skill sets, what tools do I need to make that, that provision work to pay those bills to provide for that family? I would imagine there are a lot of people on planet Earth whom God has designed never to go to college. Uh, not because they're not intellectually <clears throat> capable, uh, but because that's not his will for them. What would you say to that? Well, the, the, the statistic about this, every once in a while I ask this in class, uh, because when you're in a university, the atmosphere is, oh, everybody is like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And so the question I will ask students is, how many people in the whole world, by percentage, do you think are in your situation of pursuing uh, and probably completing a four-year college degree? And I get a variety of answers, sometimes down around 20%. Well, the, the, the answer is absolutely no more than 3%. Wow. Uh, it's very low, and 3% is a high number. So manifestly, college is not an essential ingredient for a human life of any kind much less for a human life of great excellence. What about those students who... By the way, it is a lesson from the history of philosophy ever since the time of Socrates that intellectual excellence belongs to the few. Mm, Wow. Oh, uh, that music means we got to go to break. So hold that thought. Dr. Theodore Rebard is our guest. He is a professor of philosophy at the University of St. Thomas, which happens to be on the list of Cardinal Newman's recommended uh, colleges for Catholic families. Uh, so I, I wonder if you could guess who the top school is there or the first one listed. Maybe we'll talk about that on the other side of the break and get more practical about choosing a school. All that coming up next. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. It's a myth that there's a perfect way to be a parent. The reality is that every family, every couple, every child is different. But when parents work together, they can figure it out. 
We have 10 kids of our own, so we know this path is not an easy one. We used to think that it was our job to make our children into saints. Now we realize that it's their job to make us into saints. This parenting thing is full of dying to self, hardships that are both physical and emotional. Parenting makes you more aware of your sinfulness and weakness, more than almost anything else you will ever do. But this is exactly where God wants us, so he can shower us with his mercy and love. God doesn't love us in spite of our humanity. He loves us because of it. Parenting is our path to holiness. And as we change and mature, we will be better parents. We may even become saints. To get more advice and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Dr. Ted Rebard is our guest. He is a professor of philosophy at the University of St. Thomas, which I've mentioned now is, is on the Cardinal Newman Society's website for recommended colleges for Catholic families, which I find very interesting. Number one, I, I thought this list was longer, or at least it used to be longer. Now it seems rather rather short, actually. Uh, the first college listed, I wonder if you could guess this. Ave Maria University in Florida. Then let me just go through these real quick because it's pretty short. Belmont Abbey College is on here. Benedictine College out in Kansas. The Catholic University of America in D.C. Christendom College. Hey, now, I like Christendom. Uh, Franciscan University in Steubenville. A lot of people are familiar with that one. The John Paul the Great University out in California. Uh, Magdalene College of Liberal Arts in New Hampshire. Thomas Aquinas a College also in uh, California. Thomas More College also in New Hampshire. University of Dallas. That's a pretty well-known one. University of Mary in North Dakota. University of St. Thomas in Houston, Walsh University in Ohio, and Wyoming Catholic College in Wyoming, which is, I think, the one I would probably go to if I were 18 again. <laughs> um, but it's good to have you back on the program, Dr. Rebard. Uh, one real quick question before we get a little bit more practical in the rest of this segment, and I wanted to address one more type of scenario that I think we see a lot, and that is uh, sending kids off into the world to find their way to... They, they, a lot of, there's a lot of... Uh, kids that go to college not knowing what they're called to in life what not knowing what they really need to to do in order to provide for their actual vocation they're just there to have a good time to to sort of be that perpetual student that never gets to anything kind of never grows up mm -hmm. have you seen that before i see it a, i see it a great deal i see it in the vast vast majority of all cases of undergraduates. A colleague of mine and I have had a laughing but sad debate <laughs> over the past several years whether that number is 85% or whether it is 90%. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Scorched earth. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, it's it's true. That's not just my experience. That is a very, very broad uh, experience. Wow. By the way, I wanted yeah. to make one quick comment. You mentioned Wyoming Catholic favorably. I 
think the world of everything that they do at Wyoming Catholic. And if I were 18 again, if we could yeah. turn the clock back yeah. 50 years, yes. Yes. I would go to Wyoming Catholic. I mean, riding horses through the mountains uh, while also studying Thomas Aquinas. Uh-huh. I, I, yes or yes? Yes or yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Joe, please. Well, I mean, I just think this is part of the of parents helping their kids to discern. Uh, step one, what is God's call for the child's life? And step two, what do they need to obtain that? And I just think many Catholic families that I've met and talked to over the past plus 20 years, uh, they just buy this line that their kids have to go to school no matter what. And then, uh, you know, they sort of, when it comes to discernment, they go, okay, my kid isn't called to priesthood or religious life. Whew. All right, now they can go do whatever they want versus whatever God wants them, wants of them. I think that's part of the discernment breakdown. Mm-hmm. And then I see a lot of uh, families pressure their kids to go to their alumni school, so the big box schools, uh, because that paper means more when it comes to job time. Mm-hmm. So I want to get more practical at this uh, for the rest of our segment here. How would you help parents better discern if their kid must go to college, what should they think of? What should they consider? What, what are the factors? Every good curriculum Every good curriculum, even if it is to be focused in terms of pre-professional studies, pre-law, pre-med, computer science, things of these sorts, the business disciplines, every curriculum must contain a very, very large proportion of liberal arts studies in history, literature, language, theology, philosophy, uh, at least, at least those art history should be included and something further in fine arts as well. Uh, a large proportion. But does, these, and, and, and yeah. I want to take just a moment sure. here because you've given me the opportunity to say why. Okay. Many people would say, why should they study literature? Why should they study philosophy? Why should they study theology? Leon Cass, one of the great professors of the entire 20th century, graduated at the University of Chicago, the University of Chicago Medical School. He did his uh, biochemistry uh, PhD at Harvard. Uh, he taught at St. John's College in Annapolis, and he and his wife both went back to the University of Chicago to teach there as well towards the end of their career and towards the end of Amy's life. But <clears throat> I want to quote Leon Cass. Uh, <clears throat> It's helpful, incidentally, to know that Leon Cash was the son of immigrants mm. with no money in Chicago. Uh, <clears throat> he says the following. Uh, let me see. Yes, right. Uh-oh. 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 Um, <laughs> you lost your quote. I lost my spot. Well, I lost my spot. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. okay Today, quote Leon Cash. Today, we are super competent when it comes to efficiency, utility, speed, and getting ahead in the world. Mm. But we are at a loss concerning what it is all for. Mm. Well, to that point, then, one of the, the follow-up question I was going to ask is, when you say they have to have a strong liberal arts, I would agree. But I cringe as a parent because most universities have gutted their liberal arts departments and they've modernized them into some crazy utopian wokeness that I would fear for my child's soul. Those things are not to be studied in public universities and they are not to be studied in most even 
Catholic universities. Now, we ran into this problem yeah. oh, a number of years ago, I'm going to say 20 years ago, uh, at the University of St. Thomas, and the English faculty managed to turn themselves around. Oh, wow. And we have people like Janet, Dr. Janet Lowry and Clint Brand uh, and um, Jim Barloon, uh, Charles Crone, who do phenomenal jobs at the real thing. Mm-hmm. But yes, you're entirely correct. And shouldn't parents... Like figure that out before they send their kids off to these schools. Yes. Like, what is the uh, what what what's the liberal arts department like there? Yes. Because <laughs> that's a good litmus test for the overall university. Oh yes, it is yeah. because it reveals the culture that is at work in that school. So, would you say then parents shouldn't send their kids to to woke schools at all? No. Well, I will draw. I make one exception, and I think it's pertinent to something that you've said already, or at least that you have uh, hinted at. If you are going to do, if a student is going to do pre-professional studies, Mm -hmm. uh, as I say, pre-law, pre-med, business disciplines, things like this, uh, it can be perfectly okay to go even to a big box school, as as you say. (laughs) Um, But that child needs to be acutely aware, I am in enemy territory. Yeah. And not be seduced and not be moved by uh, what is common, what is popular, mm-hmm. what is acceptable. Yeah, and I, that's hard. Yeah. That's a real challenge for courage in a young person. And preparation for the parents mm-hmm. with their kids. Absolutely. As someone who just graduated from university system, I think that is incredibly important because I know a lot of students who are like, well, you think you know better than the professor? Uh, my professor said, I meet with people who went to UT, who went to other major universities. We're talking and they're like, my philosophy professor said X, Y, and Z. Uh, you think you know better than my professor who has a PhD in philosophy? I'm like, um, if he's saying nonsense, then yes, yes, I do. Uh, and this is the point I, I think this should be made. A lot of parents think that, oh, I'll just send my kids to a Catholic university. Then they will receive a good education. Um, but is that true, Dr. Rebard? And can we trust the Newman guy to show us which, which schools are the good ones? To take those two questions in order, the first answer is no. One of my best friends um, whom I've known, we were 14 when we met, freshman year of high school. We happened to be in the same sections. Mm. Uh, and he just uh, or rather, his youngest daughter uh, just graduated from Villanova. And this fella is quite sure, and his wife is quite sure, well, we sent all of our kids, all four of our kids, we sent to Catholic schools. And it breaks my heart to say, Mary, Bob, you did not. Mm. You did not. And that is true in the vast majority of cases. It is my strong suspicion that the Newman Guide is not reliable. Really? Uh, we have, uh, and, and Adrian here can, uh, uh, has uh, firsthand knowledge of this myself, but in, for instance, the case of the University of St. Thomas, there were individuals from the university, faculty, staff members, parents, and family, so on, who reported to the Newman Guide, uh, which is run by a fellow by the name of Pat Riley, uh, that there are certain things that are happening here that are inappropriate for a school which you recommend. And what happened was someone from the Newman Guide called the president of the university <laughs> to verify this. Well, that's just not a canny move. 
Right. To the guy in charge is going to say, "Oh no, 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 no! Pay no attention to those things. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along, move <laughs> Nothing along. to see here." <laughs> but uh, the Newman Guide is not to be relied on, shall we say, biblically. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, it's there's a certain sense of certain parents, I being one of them, you know, that you want to you want to protect your kid. You want to create a safe environment, a bubble, mm-hmm. as some would call it. And so some of these schools, you might say, kind of fit that description, St. Thomas Aquinas College in California. But I would also say that there are many cases where I have personally met, we have about a minute and a half left here, uh, parents that send their kids off and their kids are clearly not emotionally, spiritually, and mat- have no maturity to, to stand their ground in the midst of uh, an aggressive culture. Um, so I think it really comes down to helping kids better understand what is God's call for their life, and then where are they at now to based on where they got to go, and then find the appropriate... A JUCO college down the road may be the best choice for some of these kids, mm-hmm. wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, By the way... We that, have about 30 seconds. That gives me an opportunity to say a word about what education is supposed to be, which would provide an index or a measure for parents looking at schools. A, an education is supposed to be not just intellectual stuff. That's key. It's first. It's number one on the list. But it is to be the formation of mind, of will, of imagination, of memory, I love the passion. We're going to have to leave it there. Dr. Rebard, thank you for your time today. We are out of time. God love you and God bless you. We appreciate you being on our show today. Thank you very much. Jim. That is going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Uh, if you can join us in the second hour, game show is on the docket. Brand new prize this week. You could win. Join us right online at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you and God bless you. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. I have a friend who says that baptism is a symbolic act and that it has nothing to do with salvation. How can I answer him? Simple. Show him what the Bible says. Nowhere does the Bible say that baptism is merely a symbolic act. That passage simply does not exist. But the Bible does say this about baptism. In Ezekiel 36, verses 25 to 27, it says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from all your uncleannesses. A new heart I will give you, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will put my spirit within you. Here in the Old Testament, we have a foreshadowing of New Testament baptism. In the New Testament, Acts 2, verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. No symbolic language here. The book of Acts says, Be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Ezekiel says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean from your uncleannesses. The book of Acts says, And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel says, And I will put my spirit within you. Do you begin to see how God in the Old Covenant was preparing us for what He gives us in the New Covenant? Acts 22, 16, And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 13, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. What body was that? The body of Christ. 1 Peter 3, 21, 
Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Scripture simply does not support the non-Catholic notion that baptism is symbolic. Scripture does, however, very clearly and directly support the Catholic teaching that baptism saves us, that baptism makes us members of the body of Christ, that baptism washes away sin, and that through baptism we receive the Holy Spirit just as the church teaches. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. GloryandShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryandShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryandShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, GloryandShine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived it. Your weekend is over. You get to go back to it, and hopefully your week goes really, really well. We'll be praying for your intentions for this week here in just a moment. We just wrapped up a great conversation with Dr. Rebard. He's a philosophy professor at the University of St. Thomas about helping parents better discern with their kids uh, whether or not they should go to college or Even if they have to go to college, what college ought they to pick? Some of those uh, big questions, right? Uh, Discerning college for your kids. That was the conversation we just wrapped up. We'll be posting that conversation as a standalone interview on our CDT YouTube channel, uh, which we hope you'll pray prayerfully subscribe to. And if you are watching us there, watching our content, make sure you share it. It really helps us to overcome the algorithmic woes of the uh, tech uh, oligarchs that uh, don't like the messaging. So at any rate, we'll post all of that on our social feeds. You can find those linked up on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt good morning to you janelle good morning joe uh do you regret your decision now that you've uh, heard that conversation with rebart i I don't regret it because i was able to go to ust um and have dr rebart as my metaphysics professor yeah i see how you are just so (laughs) you're playing bias now oh am i Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i wondered why you're on your best behavior when he was in the room behavior (laughs) what are you talking about Uh, well, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. You too. I saw you straighten up. You buttoned your jacket. You you sucked your gut in just because Rebard was in the room. You know, Dr. Rebard, he actually very much encouraged everyone. Actually, he mandated that we all dress nicely to his class because really? he's like, everyone shows up to class in their pajamas, put your clothes <laughs> on. And then for his upper division classes, uh, for like the Aquinas seminar, we are all required to wear a button down shirt. Wow. Uh, and slacks uh to his class he's like we're not gonna i'm not gonna make you wear a tie but you need to dress respectably because it infects the way you learn and it's very important so dr rebard yeah absolutely usd has a lot of problems but we have amazing philosophy professors amazing english teachers so for all the woes of university of st thomas in houston uh, i i love the school and i wouldn't have 
uh, traded my education for anything because I got to experience Dr. Rebar's class. And I'm sure many Catholic universities around the country would probably say about the same. Every school has its trouble spots and every school has its bright spots too. But I think it comes down to helping parents, helping their kids really discern carefully uh, the process. Ought you go to school at all should Amen. be the first question, I think. And what is God's call for that kid's life? At any rate, we'll post that conversation. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Do us a favor uh, and share that with your friends and your family. But we're going to jump into this show. This hour, we have the uh, breaking news and stories, which should be all good news in this hour. And of course, we have the Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, a reflection, thanks to veraboom.com forward slash GRN. And then we will play Fear and trembling the catholic trivia game show where we act we get to give out prizes and we get a brand new prize sponsor this week praise be to god who is our sponsor this week janelle our sponsor this week is annunciation designs the wisdom of the saints brought to life catholic cards and goods with hand letter designs praise be it's to god. a hand lettered greeting card and good shop all right that's what's on the agenda. Of course, we will have an after show, which will be a slightly truncated one. Uh, it's usually 15 minutes on Friday, but we have guests in the studio. The Burrier family has been hanging out with us this morning, live in the studio, and we'll get to chat with them a little bit in the after show. So a lot to uh, do and to cover this hour. Hopefully, you'll join us for all or part of it. But let's pray for your intentions, whatever is on your heart, whatever your needs are. We are going to pray for that as well as our own. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert the sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the good news with Janelle Lay. From Crooks, ruling seen as victory for children, foster parents, and religious liberty. As a consequence of the U.S. Supreme Court's unanimous ruling June 17th in Fulton v. Philadelphia, faith-based and other agencies across the country may not be forced by a government agency to violate their deeply held beliefs against placing children in households held by same-sex or cohabiting adults. In a decision seen as a victory for religious freedom in the United States, the court ruled the city of Philadelphia acted improperly and violated the church's First Amendment rights when it ceased referring foster children to Catholic social services of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia three years ago because of the agency's practice of not placing children in same-sex households. CSS traditionally had not chosen to refer at-risk foster children identified by the city of Philadelphia to same-sex households and instead passed the referrals to another approved agency, which could place children in such homes. The practice of deferring the city's placements if the households were deemed contrary to Catholic teaching on marriage had been standard practice between CSS and Philadelphia's Department of Human Service for decades. But in 2018, that department, after calling on the public to open more homes to meet an acute need for loving homes for children, ceased all referrals to CSS, effectively shutting it out of foster care. CSS and three women caregivers supported by legal counsel, the Beckett Fund for Religious Liberty, sued the city over that decision. They lost in a U.S. District Court ruling that year, as well as federal appeals courts ruling in one year later. The agency then appealed to the High Court, resulting in the decision in the morning of June 17th. 
Soon after the 9-0 ruling was announced, Archbishop Perez, in a conference call with media, called the court's decision a profound one that rings loudly in Philadelphia and reverberates throughout the country. From the National Catholic Register, Liadero says babies do not kill dreams. Liadero is calling on society to recognize the beauty of children and to challenge the notion that abortion is necessary for women's success. Darrow rose to fame as a contestant on America's Next Top Model, but at the height of her modeling career, she saw a vision from God that forever changed her life. She exited the industry and returned to her Catholic faith. Today, she juggles her time between caring for her six children and serving as a Catholic speaker and advocate for the unborn. As a mother, she said, she embraces the pro-life position on a personal level. I can understand there are being a fear of going into motherhood and all the concerns we have because it is such a grand vocation. It's a beautiful vocation, she told EWTN Pro-Life Weekly June 10th. But my babies have not kept me from my hopes and my dreams or aspirations. While some celebrities and more recently Texas high school valedictorian Paxton Smith claim that abortion is necessary for women to succeed, Leah stressed that her children make her and the world better. They've helped me dig a new path that's offered more clarity of what God has called me to be, she explained. My babies are a part of my dreams, they're a part of my hopes and my aspirations. And the world is truly better for it because of my children and also for who I am because of my children in the world. Even if the world doesn't appreciate it, motherhood is a gift. Our culture has suddenly, slowly and systematically convinced us that motherhood is the enemy. And motherhood is not a dream and it's not an aspiration and it's not a hope that young women should have. That is a lie. According to Darrow, motherhood is not a killer of dreams. She pointed to Mary as an example. We know that our Blessed Mother is a mother of every hope and every dream and every aspiration that should be the foundation of our hearts. She said of Christ's mother that the role of motherhood really needs to be redeemed in our world. Darrow's comments come in response to Smith, whose valedictorian speech went viral earlier this month after she went off script to speak about abortion and her state's recent heartbeat legislation. Smith told her class, I am terrified that if my contraceptives fail, I am terrified that if I am raped, then my hopes and aspirations and dreams and efforts for my future will no longer matter. But Leah stressed hope in the midst of Smith's fear. Now more than ever, mothers have more support and resources around them if and when they are ever faced with an unplanned pregnancy, Leah said. Those resources include pregnancy centers, which offer pregnant women and new moms free help in the form of healthcare, clothing, educational classes, and housing. Pro-lifers must also challenge the lie that abortion is necessary for women, Darrow said. And that's what we have to do. We have to root out and root out, she emphasized, because babies do not kill dreams. Only abortion does that. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Monday. The saint of the day is Saint Jose Isabel Flores Varela. He was born on the 28th of November, 1866 in Teul, Zacatecas, Mexico. He was a seminarian at Guadalajara, Mexico, and a parish priest at Zapototel, Zapotaleno, Jalisco, Mexico, in 1900. Strong and gentle father to his flock, he refused to abandon his parish during the persecution of the church by the government. He went into hiding and ministered covertly to his parishioners. The mayor, Jose Orzoco, was vehemently anti-Catholic and offered reward for the capture of any priest. Father Jose was betrayed for this reward and arrested. His Judas was Nemesio Bermejo, an ex-seminarian who lived with Flores. Flores was offered his freedom if he would accept the anti-church Gaia's government. He declined. 
Orozco turned the Zapatolenjo rectory into a jail and threw Flores into it. He gave him no food or water for three days and played loud music outside the jail so he could not sleep and repeatedly offered him freedom in exchange for cooperation. Father Jose declined. On the night he died, Jose was taken to a nearby cemetery and tortured by being repeatedly hanged in a tree, but being lowered before he died. One of the soldiers who had been baptized by Father Flores refused to participate in the torture and other and the others shot him. They then took the Padre's few possessions and murdered him. The squad tried to shoot him, but their guns would not fire. And the troop's commander, Anastasio Valdiva, cut Flores' throat. He was a martyr. God knows I am here. This is his will for me, St. Jose said from his prison cell. He died getting his throat slit between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. on the 21st of June, 1927, in a cemetery in Jalisco, Mexico. He was canonized on the 21st of May, 2000, by Pope John Paul II during the Jubilee year for Mexico. St. Jose Isabel Flores Varela, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Jesus said to his disciples, Stop judging that you may not be judged, for as you judge, so will you be judged. And the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me remove that splinter from your eye while the wooden beam is in your own eye? You hypocrite, remove the wooden beam from your eye first, then you will see clearly to remove the splinter from your brother's eye. The Gospel of the Lord. Uh, St. Jerome here, praise be, to, praise be to Jesus in all things, but uh, St. Jerome had a lot to say on this gospel passage today. He says, where the thing does not regard us, we should not undertake to judge. In other words, it, we should mind our own business a little bit here <laughs> and not just insert ourselves in our neighbor's business here, right? Uh, we should not undertake to judge if it doesn't regard us. He goes on to say, where it will bear, bear a favorable interpretation, we should not condemn. We should be as nice as possible to our neighbor, to be as lenient as we possibly can within the boundaries and the limits of morality and ethics and justice. We should be as merciful as we can, I think is at heart here. He goes on to say, real quick, let me finish this. He says, there are two things in which we must be particularly on our guard. Number one, with what intention such an action was done. Number two, whether the person who appears wicked will not become good. Lots to consider there. What did you find, Adrian? Yes, I also want to focus in on thou shalt not judge because this is a passage that's often misused and abused to uh, to beat people into submission, mostly used by people who don't even believe that Scripture is the inspired Word of God. It's the only Scripture verse they know is judge not. So uh, it's very important to focus in on this. Cornelius Halapide had a lot to say here as well. I want to focus in on here. He says, quoting Augustine, concerning those things then which are known to God, unknown to us, we judge our neighbors at our peril. Of this the Lord has said, judge not. But, and this is very important, this is the important part, but... Concerning things which are open and public evils, we may and ought, not only may, but we ought to judge and rebuke, but still with charity and love, hating not the man, but the sin, detesting not the sick man, 
but the disease. For unless the open adulterer, thief, habitual drunkard, traitor were judged and punished, that would be fulfilled, which the blessed martyr Cyprian had said, he who soothes a sinner with flattering words administers fuel to his sins. See, this is very important. And this is the point that I just want to leave us on is the point that we must not just we may judge, we ought to judge public sin, especially when it causes scandals. And when it when it leads people astray, it's very, very important. If we do not judge, if we do not publicly punish these kind of crimes, these kind of sins, we are giving approval of it and we become an accessory to sin. Because So we must do this. This is a mandate. So, yes, we should judge not just like we had said and just how Joe mentioned how we should not, we should also, we ought to judge in certain circumstances as well. So it's very important to remember, and I think that's what I want to leave right. us on. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, verbum.com forward slash GRN for helping us dive deep into the early church fathers and what they, and the great commentaries of what they say about these gospel passages. That's verbum.com forward slash GRN. Thank you for sponsoring our program. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back and play Fear and Trembling. The game show is up next. And prizes are at stake. Brand new prize this week. And your first three opportunities to win that prize are coming up next. you got to call 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Blessed John Paul II once said, As the family goes, so goes the nation, and so goes the whole world in which we live. How easy it is to point fingers and place blame for the mess in which our society has found itself. But stop just for a minute and ask, what have I done to make it better? Is my family doing anything to improve the world? Possibly the most effective thing a family can do for society is pray together regularly. Pray for our president every single day. Pray for all our government leaders, our bishops and priests, our teachers, our military, our business owners. Create a list of family petitions. If the teenager puts an anonymous prayer request on the list, let it be anonymous. Prayer is our greatest weapon to change the nation and the world. Remember what Father Patrick Payton said, the family that prays together stays together. This has been a minute for your marriage and family with Balanced Families Ministries. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. She's having a relationship with George. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Deep within, we struggle because sin separates us from God. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit catholicscomehome.org. Having trouble with your car radio? No worries. The Guadalupe Radio Network has just released our new version of our app. With the app, you can get a crystal clear connection of your local station no matter where you are. You can also listen to podcasts of past shows and find more ways to connect with us. Getting the new app is easy. Just search the App Store on your phone for the Guadalupe Radio Network and either download it or if you already have it, choose the update option. Happy listening! Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation 
by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to uh, Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share publicly what I'm about to tell you, okay? So what I tell you, keep between us. But we like to do a few things on the game show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So I always find questions where you might learn something you just didn't know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh in the process. And our contestants tend to be a lot of fun and laugh right along with us. And of course, we give out prizes. And that kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker if you're just joining us and you're trying to figure out what is going on. Well, I have three official Catholic trivia questions in my hand, uh, but I do not ask the contestant these questions. So they don't even need to know the answers to these questions to be a winner. Because instead, I will ask Janelle, and I will ask Adrian, and one of them will be right, and the other will be wrong. The contestant will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more? Janelle? Or Adrian. So that is how the game is played. Now, we have a special contestant today. Uh, actually, it's a veteran of our game show, somebody who has played and won in the past, and we are grateful they are in studio with us today. Good morning to you, Sienna. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to see you, and you're live in studio. What do you think of the studio? It's, it's is it nice. Not, is it nice? Yeah, praise be to God. Is it, is it different seeing the studio in person than listening to it on the radio or seeing it on YouTube? Very different. Very different. Now, you've played the game before, right? Yes. You know how this game is played. Are you ready? Yes. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure because, uh, you, because you're a veteran, you know how this works. Janelle and Adrian are going to answer the questions. Now, they're tricky people. You got to watch them carefully, right? I, however, am on your side, so I'm your be I'm your bestie in this <laughs> one. All right, uh, but this is all easy question Monday. Are you ready to go, Sienna? Yeah. All right, we're going to start with Janelle. As is our custom, Janelle, are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, sir. Are you sure? <laughs> yes, sir. Janelle, can you tell me what is the term for a sin that gives rise to other sins? What is a term for a sin that leads to other sins? That leads to other sin. I'm pretty sure this is a repeat question, by the way. Mm, I'm going to go with lowercase sin. <laughs> lowercase? Yes. Interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, good, fine university yeah. education there. Adrian, can you tell me, what is the term for a sin that gives rise to other sins, that leads to other sins? Yes, while, while lowercase sin... Is an interesting answer. I think I'll go with a capital sin. Mm -hmm. Capital sin. A capital sin. Capital. capital. It's not lowercase. Capital. <laughs> capital seems big, doesn't yeah. it? Capital. Capital seems big. Lowercase. Mm, I don't know. You did say gives rise to other sins. Okay. So okay. Ah, I see where you're going with that. I get. Okay. So here's the deal, Sienna. Adrian says the answer is capital sin, and Janelle says the answer is lowercase sin. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Adrian. Adrian. Survey says... <laughs> Great yeah, job. That's, that's excellent. Very good. Very good. Janelle. You see how Janelle was tricking you like that? <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't even phased. I, I don't even know how Janelle sleeps at night with her conscience. <laughs> I don't. I mean, 
Just a lowercase. Cap, why would we call it capital sin, Adrian? Because they, the capital sins get beget what they call, I say beget specifically because they produce what is called daughter sins. And so those are the sins that are offsprings of the major sins. So you have like the capital sins of pride, lust, gluttony, etc. And they produce sins that follow from those sins. So interesting there you go there you go sienna you have learned something already and you're in the coffee cup of divine providence how do you feel good praise be to god you said that with such confidence <laughs> i'm very excited all right let's try to get you in there another two times uh we'll go with question number two and we're going to go with adrian there wow my mic got really loud really quick sorry i have a lot of buttons over here <laughs> adrian adrian can you tell me sacrilege is a sin against which commandment Okay. Hmm. It's a sacrilege. It's a sin against which commandment? Mm -hmm, I'm going to say the fourth commandment. Honor thy father and mother, uh, because (laughs) by committing sacrilege, you're offending God, who is your father. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, Janelle, uh, can you tell me sacrilege is a sin against which commandment? You know, this was the first question of the Catholic Drive Time Fear and Trembling show. And you asked me this question. I and did? I rem- yeah, I remember. <laughs> and I, this is another repeat <laughs> question? This is another repeat question. <laughs> Are you calling me out live on radio? Uh, am I? Oh. Okay. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I believe the answer was the first commandment. The first commandment. The first commandment. Do you know what the first commandment is? The first commandment is... Oh, shoot. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Honor thy... uh, No, that's not not it. This is awkward. You shall have no other gods besides me. There you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. We should have to name all ten commandments now to make up in order. Sacrilege. All right. So, all right, Sienna. Let me clarify here. Miss Janelle is on the hook for... Commandment number one, you will have no other gods but but the one God. And, uh, of course, Adrian is on the hook for the fourth commandment, honor thy father and mother. Sacrilege is at stake here. Who's right, who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Janelle. Survey says... Wow! I thought that would be a hard one, Sienna. That was a hard you one. You nailed that uh, very confidently. Is it because you knew the answer or just she, you trusted her more? Uh... You just saw the look on Adrian's face, didn't you? Yeah. yeah not, not trustworthy, is he? You see what I've been dealing with now for all these months? You see, now you know, right? Now you know. All right. Well, well done. Praise be to God. What is a sacrilege, Adrian? A sacrilege is a, any sin against uh, the Father or uh, Our Lady and the saints. So that sacrilege would be specifically physical uh, attacks against Our Lady, Our Lord, uh, the Blessed Trinity, and His saints. And uh, blasphemy would be verbal attacks against Our Lady, His, uh, Our Lord, the Blessed Trinity, and the saints. There you go. We all learned something today. Praise be to God. We should uh, memorize our commandments, apparently, though. Okay, <laughs> last question. Last question. Now, this is a, a history question. My Uh-oh. favorite subject Uh-oh. of all. History We're going to go back to Janelle. <laughs> Janelle, uh, can you tell me? How was St. Andrew martyred? St. Andrew? Yes. The one of the apostles? Sure, why not? Okay. <laughs> he I will do believe he was martyred through with an anchor. He was tied an to an anchor uh-huh. and he was cast okay. into the sea where he was drowned. Do we know which sea? No. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> no. Okay. But yes. Wow. Sounds mm-hmm. rather terrible. He was a fisherman um, and died a fisherman. 
Really? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, let's see what Adrian Very has intriguing. to say. Adrian, can you tell me, how was St. Andrew, the apostle, martyred? Mm, that's a very good question. It's a very good question. Um, you know, as good as Anchor is, I would. Uh, that's a great. That's, that's very, very intriguing. Uh, I'm going to go with he was crucified in an X-shaped cross. Wow. Yep, yep. Interesting. Hmm. See, si, senor. Hmm. So, these are the choices, Sienna. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for crucified like our Lord, but on an X-shaped cross. And Miss Janelle's on the hook for he was tied to an anchor and cast into the sea. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Sienna, what say you? Janelle? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I'm so oh, sorry! I'm sorry! <laughs> Oh. Uh, two for three is good, though. Not two for bad. three is very good. very good. Truth be told, in fact, he was crucified on an X-shaped cross. By the way, if you ever look at a flag uh, from Scotland, it is a white X cross on a blue background. And that is because St. Andrew is the patron saint of Scotland because he was crucified on an X-shaped cross. I did not know that, actually. <laughs> you did not? Yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that answer right either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, anchor, thrown anchor. That's terrible, Janelle. I mean, that was gruesome. There are things that happen to Saint, 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 in the room. Uh, Saint Florian. That's how he died. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sienna, you didn't do pretty. You did pretty good, actually. It wasn't bad. You got two out of three. How do you feel? Okay. You feel just. You should feel great. Two out of three, and those were not necessarily the easiest questions. And uh, and you did a very good job. You're in the coffee cup of divine providence. I tell you to put. I'd put you on hold, but you're in the room, and so you're not going to escape. And we are actually. I think we already know your address. So, if you win, we'll be able to send you the prizes. And praise be to God for that. That is going to do it for the uh, the radio portion of Catholic Drive Time today. Praise be to God. Uh, I'm not sure who's on the hook for tomorrow. But I know we have some great guests. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, is on the hook for tomorrow. Who's on? Uh, who did you say? I believe it's Philip Lawler. Philip Lawler is going to be on the program. Praise be to God. That's going to be a good conversation. Uh, and we're going to have some wonderful guests lined up this week. Please join us if you can. Hang out with us on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. The after show is next, and we're going to talk to the Burrier family who are hanging out with us live in studio. That is coming up. Hopefully you'll be able to hang out. If not, keep us in your prayers. God love you. God bless you. And we'll see you then. for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual about the conversation things that uh, we like to talk about. And you, my dear listeners, get to drive that conversation. All you got to do is uh, comment where you're at, where you're from, and what's on your mind, and we'll try to conversate with you. Now, we have today is a truncated show. We have uh, another live program coming up at the top of the hour, so we have to give Adrian Fonseca some time 
to turn right around and produce that show. So we, we do end early on Mondays. And joining us live in studio is the Burrier family. We're very excited about that, praise be to God. Real quick before we jump in, I just want to thank some people for hanging out with us. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Luis Martinez, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Tim uh, Fr- Fron. Fronimos? I don't know how to say that, but that's... Are you a first-time commenter? Glad you're saying it, not me. Uh, we love our first-time commenters, of course. And what does that mean, Adrian? Uh, one second. <laughs> Come on, man! Uh, Come on, little, man. There we go. Yes, praise be to God. Thank you for commenting. We're very grateful for first-time commenters. Yes, amen, hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thank you for being a part of our show today. Melinda, are you also a first-time commenter? Praise be to God. Uh, what a great guest. Yes, I agree with you, Melinda. Thank you for doing that. Mike K., good morning to you. Tammy, of course, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Is that our friend from Canada? I believe uh, so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, pretty good sure. morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Christopher Velasquez, of course, good morning to you. And Lori and Buddy Kane, praise be to God. Of course, our friend of the show, Jesus Robles, which, by the way, he asked, uh, he, uh, he, he, he put out a challenge. He laid down the gauntlet. He says, another great University of St. Thomas... Uh, Joe, it's time to convert the Dominican way. Amen. UST brother. has nothing to Amen. do with Dominicans. I just want. I, I'm not sure if you knew that. Um, Are you sure well, about I, that? I, you know, I mean, I know the namesake and all is Aquinas, but the place okay. is a Basilian college. Yes, technically I'm speaking, saying, it's a Basilian university. There is almost but there are, zero Dominican influence on that. There on are actually that. more zero? Dominicans teaching school. at UST than there are Basilians. <laughs> okay, there's okay, one Basilian okay. at UST right now, and there are one, two, are three, four, five Dominicans so at UST. If there's any conversion going on in that. It's it's the school going yeah to from Brazilian to Dominican not me but yeah. there is a there is a straw poll over on the Facebook side uh, taking a poll on uh, whether or not you think I should convert to the Dominican way uh, so you can vote on Facebook side cast I away can't do it on the YouTube I'm sorry cast away your Franciscan Patty good morning Eris I don't know who I think Eris that, is a brand well, new comment I think Eris is a fake account oh well, another one of those fake <laughs> yeah, accounts we get man. a couple of those every now and then but hey. I, I left it there Lori <laughs> Lori good morning to you Melanie and Joaquin praise be to God Josh Noll good morning to you thanks for hanging out with us today it's good to see you Susan Weber praise be to Jesus Sister Nisa praise be to God good to see you back Gloria Diana Lopez and Don, good morning to you. We like uh, hanging out with you guys. Uh, so uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Praise be to God. Uh, all right. Jeff, good morning. Good morning, Joe. Yeah, th- it's good to see you in person. Uh, Jeff Burrier has been on uh, on the YouTube side going back uh, many months now. Praise be to God. Now, what brings you guys to our neck of the woods? We came to visit you. Wow. We need to get better hobbies in life. I'm going to say that What do you out mean? Loud. This is great. I'm, I'm now, happy to have them here. You guys have been making a habit of camping a lot, right? Hitting all we the do. state parks? Yes, how many awesome. How many of the state parks have you been to? Seven. Seven. Now, out of the and, seven, which and, is your favorite? Now, let's go. Uh, I guess let's get some names here. Uh, on, on my left here, let's start over here. Yes, sir. What's your name? Jonah. Lice and loud to the microphone, please. Jonah. All right. And then C- uh, Sienna? Sienna. And then, okay, who's next? Is that Genevieve over there? Say say hello, Genevieve. Hi. Is that Genevieve? And then who's that over there? Dominic. Dominic. Oh, yeah. You're not a Dominican, are you, Dominic? Not yet. No. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're named after one anyway. Uh, so uh, what, what is your summer like there, Jeff? What are you guys, uh, what are you guys up to this summer? We've done Rosa Spence State Park. And we're going to do Blanco, 
Guadalupe, maybe Huntsville, Abilene. Wow. Abilene. What else are we going to do? My birthday. Your birthday? Where? <laughs> maybe the beach? Maybe the You're beach. Gonna hit, hit the beach. Ooh, South Padre. You're going to camp on the beach? We may do some camping on the beach. That's fun. I haven't done that in 35 years, but it is. I, I would love to go do that again. It is a blast. <laughs> now, uh, now, what is your favorite state park so far? Um, Jonah? Probably Huntsville. Why? Um, they just have a big lake. They, oh, you, did you go swimming in the lake? It was fun. How about fishing? Anybody ready to go fishing? No. Not yet. Not yet? So what about like kayaking or rafting or anything like that? No. We did some boating. Boating? We did at Abilene. Yeah. We did yeah. a boat in Abilene. Now, okay, so out of all the parks you've been to, which one has the greatest star field display? Like at night, seeing the stars. Anybody know? Uh. The one right next to our house, Guadalupe State Park. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Did, have you ever seen the Milky Way? No. No. Oh, it, is, it is to be beheld. I, if, once you see the, the candy, Milky Way, I've seen the candy. It's amazing. Milky Way? I, I saw it the other day, actually. I was at like Bucky's, a, actually. <laughs> like, not yeah. the chocolate bar. Grief. <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't specify. You didn't Come specify. Come on, man. I, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know. Aren't we in the Milky Way? I, you know, I thought. I was like, I heard. I was at Bucky's. I saw the Milky Way. And I was like, I don't know what people make a big deal about this. It's not that impressive. <laughs> uh, the, the Milky Way, if you've ever seen the Milky Way, it is, it is so breathtaking. It is so incredible. I've had the privilege of seeing it at least twice, maybe three times. And it is just amazing. And you long to go back to see it again once you've seen it once. Favorite, favorite part of camping, anybody? Favorite part of camping? What do you like most about camping with Dad? Um, resting marshmallows. 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 Oh. Now, is it only marshmallows, or do you throw like some chocolate and graham cracker in there as well? Chocolate and graham cracker. Have you ever <laughs> added cheese and mustard? Ew. 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 What? Oh. No. What? Me neither. Me neither. Uh, what Me kind neither. of? <laughs> 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 she threw in sacrilege. That's great. I'm, that's I'm so sorry. awesome. Yeah, that's an offense against God. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're perverting his creation by putting yeah. mustard on, yeah, on, I, on I, I don't do that either. I, I don't do that either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, marshmallows, what else? Who, what else do you like? The restrooms. The restrooms are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What is it, Genevieve? What is it? Go ahead. Say it. It's okay. What do you got? Have y'all ever been to Zion National Park before? Not no, yet. it's oh. beautiful. Oh, so that's oh. a good question. Parks outside of Texas. Yeah. What have you been to? We've been also to Yellowstone. Yeah. Oh wow. Ooh, yes. And what did you like there? Everything. The water park. The water park. The water park. <laughs> you guys have been to more national parks than I will ever get. You know, I've never been camping before. What? what? Never. <laughs> I've never been camping. We went close. We went close because my dad really wanted to go camping, but my mom was like, um, I do not want to sleep outside. And so we went glamping in a cabin. Uh, and so we got, you know, a little bit. We got to go outside, be in the woods a little bit, go fishing. Uh, but we spent the night inside of a cabin that was um, air conditioned. And it was nice, nice and comfortable. Plumbing. So yeah, plumbing. plumbing. Yeah, we had plumbing. We had restrooms. We had restrooms. No shovels. No shovels necessary. So yeah, we've never actually been camping. So Alma, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us, Alma. It's good to see you here. And of course, uh, Colin, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Top of the morning to you. Uh, God is so very good. If you guys have been camping, raise your hand. I want to see 
uh, on the chat box there if you've been camping and maybe some of your favorite experiences. We have just a few minutes, and the Burrier family's hanging out with us today. I, I, I argue that camping isn't really camping unless you're like kind of off grid. You got to be mm. unplugged, I think. Have you guys done any really off grid camping? Or is it all like more of the glamping style? We've no? had <laughs> access to bathrooms, so no. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the that's a big one for me. Janelle, uh, have you been Sorry. camping? No, I've never been camping never? in a tent, but I have been camping in a cabin. Um, but that's, that's, not not really, that's not really yep. camping. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think tent is a bare minimum. Right? <laughs> Real quickly before we move on, we have about uh, about six minutes left before we have to go off a little bit early today. But I have to read this comment from Tammy. She had an emotional day yesterday. Overslept and having a rough start this morning would make my day to hear Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus, Jesus no, that's not what she said. That's what she said. You should be said it. Shame. Are, good are you going to confession later? Praise be to God, Tammy. <laughs> no. God bless you, Tammy. No, and I'm the one who has to convert to the Dominican way? Yes. <laughs> I don't think St. Dominic or Aquinas or <laughs> Vincent Ferrer. Did y'all, did y'all not read the passage from St. Do- Thomas Aquinas Does that Jesus is a friend of mine? Jesus, no. I don't know. It was no, in the end of Quadra Pars. Oh, oh, I'm sure. I've never heard sure. that. Sure. Never heard that. <laughs> oh. The horde. Okay, okay. Truth in advertising. She did say and the horns. Hey, no. Okay, she did. Say. She didn't say and the horns, did she? Yeah, she did. Well, let she me, said, read, let she, me read this. Yeah, read it. She said, "Would make my day, make to, my hear. day to hear the horns." Yep. <laughs> you skipped over all. Yep. I, I skipped over the horns. I, I, I pretended that it wasn't there to be to be truthful. Uh, that's funny. My case is Boy Scouts, so I have done a lot of off grid wow. camping. I enjoy camping with my wife. Ten by ten canvas tent with a blow up mattress. Amen. Praise be to God. Posh. My favorite camping is miserable camping. Yeah, no you know, When thanks. it's like freezing rain or stifling hot or just bitterly cold. Just step outside for five minutes. Those kinds of camping experiences are my favorite camping experiences because I, I, I hate life at the moment, but I never forget <laughs> those experiences for the rest of my life. Have you had a bad moment camping? <laughs> like what was the hardest part of camping? Anybody? Well, like yep. the hardest part. Going to sleep. Why was that? Why was going to sleep the hardest part? Because uh, we were just having fun. Oh, you didn't want to have to stop having fun. Yeah. Uh, what were you guys that's good, doing? That's a, good, that's a good problem. Were you roasting marshmallows? What was the fun you were having <laughs> at the time? Do you remember? Uh, we're just playing outside. Yeah, it w- it's fun, isn't it? You mm-hmm. have a good time. How about the mosquitoes? Do you love the mosquitoes? No. No. Oh, those are terrible, aren't they? <laughs> no. Ugh. What do you guys do? Do you just spray yourselves down, or like, no. what, what, how do you de- how do you deal with the mosquitoes? Jump in the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kill them. Yeah, mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are actually no. In fact, I have in my bag over there my uh, my number one uh, my number one tool for dealing with mosquitoes, and you can buy them at like Academy Sports stores, and they, they you turn them on, and they emit like a, a smell, and it keeps the skeeters away. Yeah, we it works <laughs> like a charm that thing. Yeah, we were having for my sister's graduation party on Saturday. We were a lot of us were outside in the 115 degree humidity, and uh, there's so many mosquitoes. So we got these like candles. 
that are supposed to keep them away, and we just like made a perimeter <laughs> of candles. <laughs> so that's how that's how we did. Oh yeah, it worked. It worked. Citronella torches. Just don't yeah. step outside of the circle, or you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a ritual. Yeah. All it those skeeters are lined up and just sitting there, just waiting for you to come on out. Low come key, kind out. of, kind of true. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mike K says, "Nope, not gonna do that. Even have a Mr. Buddy heater." You know, we go camping usually in January, uh, or I also go hunting, and we're off grid the whole time. And it is freezing. It gets down to like twenty degrees or something. Well, this last time, I finally broke down and brought a Mister Buddy heater, and my kids uh, loved it. And we actually got some sleep this year. So, so praise be to God for the for the small creature comforts of a Mister Buddy heater. We gotta love that. Uh, let's see. How's the poll, the straw poll going here? So I far, so far, whoa, it's, it's more split than I thought. There's a 60% uh, of the group on Facebook says, no, Joe should not convert what? to the Dominican way. Can you really be Catholic and not be and Dominican? And 40% says yes. So there's at least 40% heretics in the our poll group. Was rigged. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what? Rigged. Can, can, you, can you really be Catholic and not be a Thomist? Uh, yes. You know, I don't know. I don't uh, know if it's true. Citronella candles, Adrian. My wife has busted you. My wife is hanging out candles. on the uh, on the chat on Facebook side, and she's like, she's not a citronella candle kind of lady. I have no idea. It's the smell. It's not good no. for you, the citronella candles. I'm sure. But the mosquitoes are worse for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> avoid. True. My case says avoid the that military grade evils. deet. It is a miserable and probably unhealthy. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, of stuff deet, in the military that bad. was unhealthy. Let me tell you. Yeah, now, Jeff, did you serve? I did. What what branch? Army. I'm so sorry. My <laughs> deepest condolences, Jeff. Do you need a hug? I mean... <laughs> I'll be okay. Did, did you know the Marine Corps existed at the time? Did the recruiter lie to you? Uh, he probably didn't tell, share with you that the Marine Corps was a thing, huh? Or the Air no. Force. No. He just talked you right into it, and you just hook, line, and sinker. Zzz, just gotcha. What did you do in the, in the Army? Transportation. Oh, yeah? Praise be to God. Yep. Well, thank you for your service, Jeff. Same to you. We're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. <laughs> Well, that music means, guys, we are out of time. Sorry. Uh, I would like to chat longer, but Adrian over there is kicking us off. I hate everybody. He's got a job to do. <laughs> He's got a job to do. That is going to do it tomorrow. Phil Lawler. I forgot Phil Lawler is going to be on. That's going to be a great conversation tomorrow. Of course, he is a prolific author, especially on the church scandal issues. So we're going to catch up with him tomorrow. Probably talk about the uh, the issue of the, uh, the bishops voting on the document about the Eucharist and pro-abortion politicians. That'll be on the agenda tomorrow, plus a lot more. Great conversations coming up on Wednesday. Mike Pompeo, former Secretary of State, he's going to be our guest in this after-show segment. We're going to record our conversation in the after-show, so you'll get to hear it live, and we'll play it on the show the next day or something. All of that coming up. It's going to be a big week. Hopefully you'll join us for that. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you later. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
Come on, man. What are we talking about? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. What are we talking about? Duh. Okay, TikTok time's up. Oh, man. Sorry about that, Bree. <laughs> we have uh, some guests, as you can see, around us. Uh, these uh, are tur turn on and off the microphones. Uh, that's the uh, Twilight Zone button. But... Yeah, so we have a. It's over here. It's like that button right there. But yeah, so we have a have a lot of lot of lot of people, a lot of kids in the studio right now. They wanted to see all all of our buttons, and then they wanted to put, touch them all. Okay, I think. We're ready. I have your two clips. Uh, the Biden one first, and then the uh, John Rooney one second. Okay, perfect. No problem. Uh, Yeah. <laughs> 
Bree, your uh, internet is like frozen. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Well, you sound fine on the uh, Comrex, which is fine, so that's good. We may end up. Yeah. Yep, yep. Hmm. Well, it's fine. The your voice sounds fine. That's just the image you're you keep freezing, which you know it's not not the worst thing ever. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Let's see. Uh, no. Uh, one second. Getting it all together. Seven minutes.
Joey, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, Perfect. His can you see me? looks fine to me, Bree. You don't see him? That's strange. Um, on my end, I can see Joey. You're frozen, and I can hear everybody. Um, yeah, I can't see you in the inter- in the, the, in the intersection logos up, but I can see your producer window. Yeah, that's so that should be. Yeah, yeah, I can see you. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah, it's yeah we're, we're fine. It's probably it's probably Bree's internet, if I had to guess. Your video just dropped. Yeah, your video just dropped. That's fine. You got three minutes. Yes. Uh, if y'all stay for five minutes, once the show starts, pretty much I'm I'm free to... I have a little bit more freedom. So if y'all stay for five minutes, then I can. Uh, no, we want your complete and undivided attention the entire time. Uh, you know, and uh, you you deserve, <laughs> you have that right. You have that right, sir. <laughs> we have a lot of uh, guests in the studio right now. Um, oh, perfect. I can yep, see you. We can and see you not, now. Praise be to God. Yeah. Yep, we're good. We just got to get you real internet so you can get the uh, the hamster off your little wheel that runs your internet. He's probably tired. Yep, yep. <laughs> he just won't. Re- he just hasn't put it in. That's a shame. He should be. He should get on that. I am busy. Mm. Uh, you might freeze, but um, just keep talking. Yeah, your yeah. video froze again. You're, yeah, you're. I can hear you fine. Right. So, so it's, it's just if, if you freeze or you drop out of Zoom, just keep going. Uh, we'll be we'll be fine. Right. And. Mm-hmm. And Joey, just be prepared to uh, to hop on if you know if she goes out. Then uh, I will ramble until she comes back. Praise be to God. Get get some talking points that you can that you can hit if uh, she disappears. All right, one minute. Putting y'all on mute. Live from the Sundress.